Hi, I'm Billy. I'm one of the vocalists of Greco Romank. Hi, I'm Mikey. I uh, do the vocal fronting for Greco Romank. Hi, I'm Damien from Greco Romank. I do all the instrumental synthy stuff, and uh, we're here to talk about our new album, Wet Exit. It's been a few years since your debut album, Red Tower, came out. What's it like looking back on that release and what's changed for you as a group since 2021? Um, yeah, the the entire recording I hear back now is quite crunchy and I think it still sounds good. Like, it just was thrown together with very little, like, disregard of, you know, the typical way you'd mix and bring an album together. I think we have definitely pushed ourselves further in Red Tower. I think Red Tower, I'm still really proud of it, but I think that it definitely was our first go at finding our sound <laughs> and and finding how we work together, because we've all known each other for a long time, but these were different roles for us, so yeah. I mean, I'm surprised it found any traction at all. It's so fucking strange and <laughs> fucked up. Uh, but, you know, so it was, we threw that into the universe and the universe uh, how long after finishing Red Tower was it that you started on Wet Exit? Straight away, yeah. We've got a backlog. There's a lot of stuff we already want to put out for, you know, album three or EP three or EP four. Greco Romanc Enterprises is, is churning out content. <laughs> um, yeah, like actually some of some of Wet Exit we wrote basically the same time as Red Tower or parts of it and so there's a lot of overlap and it's just about fitting things together and, and rationalising it into, into So we heard a phrase, we'd exit somewhere, I can't really remember, we just wrote it down because we, we have a big book we write stuff down in. But I actually knew it from, I was made to do a lot of awful like camping and outdoor activities as a kid that I hated. And at, at one camp we were told to do a wet exit which is when you're in a kayak and then you have to deliberately capsize your kayak and get out from under it. And I was like, this is horrifying. And so when it was my turn, I did it and I managed to get out before I even got my hair wet because I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not involved in this. And um, we just sort of sounded kind of weird and yeah, funny and, I mean, I that's, that's the top criteria for me is does it have like some kind of strong poetic imagery? You know, is it a thing that out of context, because I, I had no idea about that, that it was a you know, term used in fucking you know, child water sports or whatever, but like, it's it, it's it's quite a alarming image, but it's slick, it's a little bit kind of sexy, but it could also be like an autopsy term, you know, yeah. like, yeah, it's just, that's, that's a good running criteria that I think we use to pick our lyrics, song titles, and our sounds as well, is just this... It has to have some juxtaposition. Yeah. It has to be slightly un uncanny and 
we are quite attracted to like visceral imagery. <laughs> there, there's nothing as a in a former incarnation a kayak instructor. There is actually nothing graceful about a wet exit. You. <laughs> What do you think of the biggest differences in the way the new one came together in comparison to the way you've made music before? In terms of the process, um, Red Tower, we we had two kind of like trips. We One, we went to Central Otago and just stayed in a house and wrote all of the songs basically in one big go. And that was a whole big crazy experience because we were just focusing in on it. This is for Red Tower. And and then we did basically the same thing to record it. So we went back down to Central Otago in a different house and um, recorded it all in one go. So it was very like focused and yeah, just, just start to finish. There was nothing else going on. Whereas Wet Exit, it was sort of a longer process. Yeah, we kind of took our time and I think the result is an album that is, it goes to lots of different places and each each song is quite different i think and shows a different aspect of what we can do i think especially vocally like mikey and i are kind of playing a little bit more with our roles in the band and different sounds that we didn't really play with as much on red tower I'll just do a quick note about the vocal side of things because for us it was it was a good opportunity to play more with the fact that we had these two vocalists and they could sort of just adopt any role like characters and so a lot of the songs sort of set that up I think a bit more successfully than the previous album Red Tower and took advantage of the fact that Billy's you know got this classically trained background and just also more textural elements of Mikey's voice that I think you know like it was like you know just an evolution basically in terms of equipment it was there was actually a downsizing of stuff because what we used on the road was prior to that was a little bit of a headache to carry around the deluge is still the heart of everything and the, the synthesis brain but you know i got to strip stuff back a bit more use a few more analog mono synths had some more fun poly synths in the mix like the hydra synth which is pretty cool and, and because we used so many like musicians from around in the community, it was really fun to incorporate that stuff. You know, we had Kraus on Doghead, um, and he just added like a layer of crazy, you know, you know, modular synth, synth stuff that he'd been building up. Ron Gallipoli and Jeff Henderson contributed to Celestial Poison. We got some choir stuff as well in that group, and that was fun to mix. Like gang vocals, are always great. Yeah, so those those I think are the newer things, but like a lot of the core sound of Greco is still this rough bass tone that comes from the pulsar, and then stuff combined with the, the deluge, and then a Roland TR8S uh, drum kit, which has basically got all the sounds we need. Let's break down some tracks now. Bursa and Bone is the first track on the album. Let's start there. Um, I think for me, I always think of this as being like. We were inspired by like Gregorian chant um, melodies and kind of like some traditional folklore stuff um, and I think some of the classical stuff I was singing at the time 
and to me it kind of feels like this sort of call to arms type like across the plains kind of feeling it because it's so sparse like Damien I think you said it was basically a kick drum and like one other thing or something. yeah yeah it's 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 you know we're pretty maximalist most of the time but this this was neat to hear just only a few elements and play at once and to sort of really take advantage of you know the fact that Billy's trained in classical singing and then sort of mixing it with like a strange triplet EDM bassline as well like it was yeah something about it feels like oh we're, we're revving up like here it is we're about to begin something and then I love that like we take this like break in the middle and then Mikey comes in and there's this new style of delivery that he's sort of using and just some of my favorite lyrics and uh, uh a, a refrain that you hear a couple of times in the album was the line slicks in the pounding room slips in the powder room and it was Billy and Mikey both mishearing each other about what they thought the lyrics were and it, yeah. it's it, it's used again later in the song powder room and it's just what does it mean you know but it's got this ominous but also slightly glamorous feeling to it yeah yeah ominous and glamorous are are the two things that we always try and play around when with.
we we challenged ourselves to try and write something that you know combined our love of the skeptics with our love of the pet shop boys you know like it was meant to be an earworm but a threatening kind of earworm but also kind of fun lyrically it sort of you know grew, grew. we were right in the middle of covid when we wrote this this track and so there was all this like imagery from the manosphere and QAnon that was just swirling around and it ended up becoming this uh, in my opinion it was accidentally ended up becoming a song from the perspective of someone who's an anti-vaxxer perhaps that ends up taking like a vax block or some something that's way more harmful and then the chorus is this final moment of like lifting up into heaven this the sublimation and then when they reach purgatory or whatever that's mikey's final part and because we were in this mode of trying to get lots of musicians and people in our community to contribute i asked ron gallipoli who we were a big fan of if he you know wanted to do something for the for the album he was, he was like i want to do something for that and i said what would you like to do and he said yodel and i took him up on that i don't know if he was joking but i was like you got a yodel now and Jeff Henderson as well from the Audio Foundation, legendary baritone sax player. Um, it was just awesome to get him wailing on there with the yodels. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's supposed to be a pop song, and then you just get this cacophony right towards the end.
started out is our number that's sort of like three songs, four songs in one. Um, it's a, it's a very much a journey. Um, and Josh Lynn, who um, mastered our album, described it as a moussaka pizza. Um, <laughs> yes. Because it's weird and rich and dense and full of lots of layers and yeah, it's yeah. a bit wrong. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so ex-partner provided some guitar for us. Just no no instruction, just yep. did what he wanted. And yep. it was like one take and there it was, you know. Straight from the dome. Yeah. <laughs> and this one, lyrically... It's strange and it goes into lots of places, but the kind of the shape of it that I see is it's sort of our judicial number. <laughs> um, yeah, it starts like a fight song and yeah. then it gets lost in this sort of maze of legal technical terms. Yeah. <laughs> Flex pecs of the exchequer. Yeah. What the hell? So again, I think it's like it's us talking about power and one of the things I think we like to do that is kind of metal inspired in a way is to kind of role play as the bad guy a lot of times and in our kind of weird twisted commentary on things.
song is a, a tale of two cities, two different parts from the vocalist Greco Romain. <laughs> Diogenes is, uh, is an ancient Greek poet Diogenes. and philosopher that um, lived the uh, he, he lived the way that he, he theorized and he, he was the, the philosopher of the dog and he, he uh, questioned the conventions of society and appreciated that that a dog could uh, piss in the street and that and relieve itself and do all sorts of bodily functions and and fuck in the street um with with full freedom and and question why the the society of the day um had these conventions at all and uh when there's no public facilities and you're urinating on the street and a and a police officer uh, taps you on the shoulder you can lie it's not, stand it's, up not to your, the man. it's not urine. It's it's uh, I was just spitting. I don't know, but uh, it's you're free. Hey, okay. These are these are kind of lyrics in the song, by the way. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean this is, this is this is very literal. About I mean it is about needing to piss, and I always need to piss, and I can never find a toilet. And yeah, how are we supposed to remain civilized when we don't have access to facilities? Um, but there's also this whole, again, like, I don't know, going into some well, religious institution stuff about like the church got split into two because of something that was scribed on a toilet wall, which apparently happened. But Created centuries of warfare. Yeah. Huge schism with I... the, uh, the, the doctrines. I just wanted to use a big goofy breakbeat and wah-wah <laughs> guitar samples yeah. and it came out nice. Sinister figures and fellow travellers Pilgrimage this Supernatural Nourishment A missionary sent to propagate Insensate Sinning I'm going back to my hovel. 
the track Romance Rider is 50% better because it's got Hermione Johnson and Andrew Halford playing on it. At one point it was in the middle of the album and because this has been pressed to vinyl, uh, it, it... it, you know, it makes sense to put your sort of less buffy, beaty tracks towards the end of the vinyl plate, and um, that's so that kind of was just a decision made for technical reasons, and it worked. I think it was fine. And this was a, it seems like a departure in the sense that it's a Greco song that's actually about a specific thing, <laughs> although it's not at all our perspectives, it's not a confessional. It's yeah. all role play. There's, I'm not a romance writer. He's it's not. A, it would, you know, I guess it kind of, it stands as a, uh, as an analogy for the the task of performing. Is you, you, you're you're playing, you're creating, a character and a role. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like this one is probably our most um, legible song in lots <laughs> of ways. Like. There's a pretty clear story, I think, at least to me. Um, Your parents will like it. <laughs> and it, and it's a bit funny and it's a bit goofy and it's pretty camp. Um, but it does have some, like, strong yeah. themes of liberation. Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, Mikey plays the, the romance writer and I'm the heroine that he's writing in this in this romance novel and I sort of free myself from, from his male gaze and kind of get my own agency and stuff. And I think that going back to what Mikey's saying about role play, I think that is actually a really important part of what we do and what some of the people that we love and reference do. I mean, this to me is quite like a Kate Bushy kind of a number, and I'm very influenced by Kate Bush. I love her. She's great. And I think one of the things she does is her her songs have a lot of emotion and a lot of depth without having to be about herself specifically. Um, they're not Kate. She's playing a role. Um, and telling some different story, and you get lost in that fantasy with her. So I think that's that's a big part of what we were trying to do. And I think Hermione's um, piano just fully makes this number. Like it's and, incredible. And Andrew Halford's guitar. And Andrew Halford's guitar yeah. at the end. Um, I I I I'm, I've always loved the Mike Garson solo in Aladdin. David Bowie's Aladdin Sane. Like just there's something about this atonal jazz playing that's just crazy melancholic i don't know and hermione is a fantastic player and it was just really cool to have her add this huge layer on top that just pushed it to these like grand you know dimensions and i think it took what was for a while we we're wrestling with like is this just kind of too goofy a song like is it too funny um does it hit the wrong beats but it's with her playing and with Andrew's playing as well, I think it it still stands on its own as like a really good song you want to listen to, but it also has these other elements and this kind of craziness to it as well. So it still yeah. feels Greco, yeah. yeah. But it's quite a departure for it's us. It's got that greasy bassline. <laughs> yes. But it's a ballad kind of like it doesn't even have much of a it doesn't have like a boof duff beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something new for us. So. Excuse me, do you have a lighter? Yes, I am a romance writer. Do you have any plans for the night? That's fine, I'll just sit here and write. 
And I'm here to tell you, piss on the street, you know, together. Okay. And then the OG line. Hey, I'm Mikey from Greco Romac, and I'm here to tell you, you shall not. What? Come in, come in, come in, like, come in like a wrestler. Like a wrestler. Be like, this is Mikey from Greco Romac. I'm here to tell you, thou shalt not piss in the street. And you can never overdo on 95 BFM. That's pretty good. You can do that. The role play. This is exactly what writing the songs like. Hey, <laughs> I'm Mikey from BFM, and I'm here to tell you, thou shalt not piss in the street, and you cannot OD on BFM. <laughs> 